This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and this is Vancouver Consumer. There's a lot going on in the real estate market in the Lower Mainland, especially with interest rates changing. Are we seeing a shift in this crazy market? In a moment, we'll be checking in with John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smartpoint to find out what's going on. That's coming up. But first, some of the consumer news headlines from the past week. The big consumer news this week, not unexpected, but still a big deal. The cost of borrowing money is going up. The Bank of Canada on Wednesday hiking the interest rates by half a point. It's the biggest increase in more than 20 years, and it probably won't stop there. The central bank is warning us that rates will need to go higher than the current 1% to deal with soaring inflation. It's now forecasting inflation will average almost 6% in the first half of this year. Bank of Canada Governor Tiff Macklem says the invasion of Ukraine has driven up the prices of energy and other commodities, and the war is further disrupting global supply chains. And as the price of gas goes through the roof, California has announced it's going all in on electric cars. They want electric vehicle sales to triple in California in the next four years to 35% of all new car purchases. It's all part of a new set of rules laid out this past Tuesday. Governor Gavin Newsom has already announced a plan to phase out the sale of all new gas-powered cars by 2035. After that, people in California could still drive and resell gas-powered cars. They just can't buy new ones. Here at home, the BC government actually has a similar plan. They have set targets for electric car sales to be 10% by 2025, 30% by 2030, and 100% by 2035. And we seem to be a little ahead of schedule. According to stats from 2020, 9.4% of all new car sales were electric vehicles, and that should be even higher now. The top-selling electric cars in BC, not surprisingly, Tesla. You see them everywhere. That was followed by Nissan, Chevrolet, Kia, and BMW rounding out the top five electric vehicles. The Lionsgate Bridge might be a good one to avoid this weekend. It will be closed tonight and tomorrow for repairs. It was closed last night as well. The Transportation Ministry says it's to finish off the counterflow system upgrade, including an electrical system changeover and some system testing. During the day, the Lionsgate Bridge will be partially open to traffic throughout the long weekend. The ministry says the east sidewalk on the bridge will also remain open for pedestrian and bicycle traffic. And con artists are keeping busy all over the Lower Mainland. In Richmond, for example, RCMP there say they've received 22 complaints about scammers this year alone, and victims have lost more than $2.6 million to fraud. In less than four months, police say one man lost more than a half a million dollars in a scheme to invest in foreign exchange companies. Corporal Melissa Liu with Richmond's Economic Crime Unit says the three most common frauds involve investment, romance cons, or scams where the victim believes they are acting on the orders 
of a government official. She says doing some research about investments and education about the persuasiveness of the crooks are the best ways to avoid becoming a victim. It's Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong. And coming up, are we seeing a shift in the red-hot real estate market in the Lower Mainland? Could things be cooling down just a bit? We'll hear from an expert, John Carlson from johnnysmartpoint.com. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It is Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and uh, it's time to talk about the thing that Vancouverites love to talk about, real estate. And when you talk about real estate, you want to talk about it with somebody who has their eyes on the street. And that is John Carlson of 2% Realty. You know him as Johnny Smart Point. His website is johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, just in case you don't know, Johnny is spelled J-O-H-N-N-Y, smartpoint, johnnysmartpoint.com. And John is with us now. Uh, things are heating up. I'm guessing you're uh, pretty busy these days. Yes. Yeah. Hi, Martin. And I want to wish you and everybody a happy Easter weekend. Um, yeah. So, you know, this weekend things might slow down just a little bit because people are doing family things. But, you know, you mentioned everybody loves talking about real estate. And of course, that's what I do. So, you know, I, I love to do that, too. And the market's, uh, you know, moving around, moving along quite nicely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of um, a lot of uh, sort of changes to this market. We've been talking about it forever and, and you always have kind of an interesting point of view. And I always throw out these statistics at you and you kind of you kind of put a little insight into them because uh, the world isn't a statistic and real estate is not a statistic. And uh, with that in mind, I'm going to throw out some statistics that I just read from the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver. They released some numbers about March, about uh, sales of homes. And the sales were were high this past March, but still down 24% from March of last year. So the sales were down 24% from last year in March, but if you look at the last 10 years, the 2022 sales for March uh, in, were still 25.5% above average. So so what do you make of that? The fact that sales are down from last year, but they're actually historically still very high. Well, it just suggests that we're still in an excited market, a hot market, really, if you look at 10-year averages or historical averages. I mean, everybody who's been paying attention knows that we just went through one of the hottest markets or the hottest market that Greater Vancouver and the Fraser Valley have ever seen in terms of supply and demand ratios being out of whack, prices going up and all that sort of stuff. So everybody knows that. But, you know, as you mentioned, we've been talking on this program, you know, every couple of weeks about, you know, what's the most current kind of thing going on out there. And yeah, there, there have been some changes in terms of how the market feels. Um, and again, I don't want to overstate uh, any any changes or slowdowns in the market because we are comparing, as you just said, to some pretty high standards of these last couple of years. But, you know, when you look at, say, sales down compared to last year, last year was an all-time record-breaking year in terms of listings and sales and price increases. Um, so this March, and we talked about this again a couple of weeks ago, that the March numbers were likely to show a little bit of relaxation. Now, we're still you know, in a situation where there are plenty of buyers out there competing for a somewhat limited uh, number of 
of listings and depending on the segment. But there definitely is a feeling out there among you know consumers. I talk to people virtually every day about this and uh, a lot of people are saying to me, gee, John, you think this interest rate's uh, you know, cooling things down a little bit? People starting to realize things might change or uh, the government intervention that we hear, you know, talking about, uh, you know, in the press that might be coming or that is coming. Are these things having any impact on today's consumers as they're out there in the market? And, you know, these are interesting conversations to have. And we've been talking about them every couple of weeks and we're going to keep talking about them every couple of weeks as this year goes on. But when I look at the March numbers, I see a healthy market. I see a market that's getting a little bit easier for buyers. They don't necessarily have to be as desperate uh, most times as, as uh, they were in the past recently. But I do see a market that is starting to at least approach um, a more typical spring market. So I think that's encouraging uh, for everyone. And it's one of the... Um, it's one of the big topics that I that I talk to with people, especially who are considering selling and want to come up with a good strategy to uh, to maximize that sale. Right, and I guess a, a lot of people are. Everybody's in a different position. Say you're in a position where you want to sell a property, but you want to buy something else, uh, or you want to buy sell a property and then move to a different community, which I guess is at this moment in time is probably the best position to be in. But uh, if people call you uh, at 604-612-0080 or send you an email, info at johnnysmartpoint.com or go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website, uh, you can basically tell them that uh, it all depends on their situation, I'm guessing, Uh, because it really is... uh, it's not something you're not going to rush people and tell them, oh, you have to sell now because the market is changing or, or something. It, it definitely is a situation where people have to decide what their position is, what their situation is, and go from there. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot at play. And we talked a little bit about statistics, and that's a nice tool to use to analyze the market in terms of what's recently happened. But, you know, it, it always comes, this is a people business. Uh, it always comes down to, you know, people and what their plans are. And they're looking for information. Oftentimes when they meet me, they're looking for advice. Um, And, you know, like I say, there's a lot at play. And when I meet with people, my job is not to try to get a sale um, and try to get people to sign on the dotted line. I think there's a famous movie uh, quote about that, about signing on dotted lines. And, you know, that's not really where my focus is. And that's probably what keeps me uh, happy and healthy in this business and keeps me going. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of times people right now are trying to, um, interpret the landscape, you know, what's going on in the market, because I don't expect people to, you know, spill their guts and tell me everything about their lives and, and what their motivations are. But oftentimes people will come to me and they'll say, Hey, you know, here's my situation. I, you know, I'm, I'm retiring or we've got this family situation or this move is being planned. And, uh, given some of the changes that are going on out there and what's been going on in the market, like, how do you see what would you envision a sale to look like if I were to put my house on the market this week, you know, as compared to say, you know, a month or two down the road. And again, I don't have any crystal balls, but my job is to uh, give people the best advice I can about what might be happening in the market and help them interpret things so that they can make good decisions. Because as I've said over and over and over again, uh, you know, realtors, real estate agents, we're not decision makers. We we're, we're advisors. And I think that, you know, above all things, 
the integrity of an agent in terms of listening and giving honest opinions uh, through the lens of that agent's experience is really the most valuable thing, especially at the beginning of the process with people that, that an agent can offer. So when I meet with people, I go in with an open mind. I try to understand what they're telling me. I try to ask the right questions to help me understand uh, their property and their situation. That often involves me stepping into an agency relationship. And, you know, that's something I talk about people in person where I owe them the duties of confidentiality and full disclosure and loyalty if I work for them. Um, but when we open up like that and talk, it gives me an opportunity to at least be an open book and put my, you know, many years of experience on the table and my recent experience on the table to give them, you know, what I think might be some of their options. And, and in the end, you know, they make the decisions and I hope that they choose me to work for them. And when they do, I, I do a good job for them. And I talk to so many people, uh, especially friends in, in my neighborhood, and a lot of people are approaching retirement and they're looking at what's happening in this market and they're thinking, well, maybe maybe it's time to sell and to downsize. Maybe now is the time. And there's almost an, not I wouldn't say panic, but there's a bit of um, you know urgency there that might not be that great. Um, what do you say to people who, who sort of, talk to you and, and, and are a little bit, you know, nervous about the market and they, they're, they have this kind of urgency about them. What do you, what do you say to clients who come to you with that? You know, that's, that's actually a really interesting question because as you were, you know, putting that, putting that question to me, I realized that, um, you know, in the recent past, buyers tended to have a pretty big and, and realistic fear of missing out the FOMO, the fear of missing yeah. out. And, uh, you know, there was a lot of, you know, thoughts that, hey, if I don't buy today, it's going to cost me more tomorrow. So maybe it's better if I, you know, throw all the ammunition I've got at this one particular property that I want, because if I, if I don't get it and I got to wait another two weeks or a month, boy, the price might go up another 5% or something like that. And, and that was one of the big, big drivers in terms of prices going up was buyers feeling this fear of maybe missing out. And I sense that that has largely evaporated. Um, I think that the, you know, the, the, the feeling on consumers uh, on their part is that, you know, maybe things are balancing out or maybe even going the other way. So in the recent couple of months that I've been meeting people, people who are paying attention, maybe listening to this program and, you know, getting information from all kinds of places. Now it's sometimes the sellers that are saying, hey, have I missed the market? And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I should get on the market sooner rather than later with all of these changes that may be coming and interest rates, inflation, government intervention, all these things. Gee, should I maybe be on the market now? And, and, and it's kind of interesting to, to note just through this conversation that we're having that I am seeing now sellers wondering, and, and is there any fear of missing out? Have I missed the market? I think the quick answer uh, for the most part is no, you haven't missed the market as a seller, but uh, we may have, you know, seen the peak in terms of frenzy and 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 high prices, uh, but we're still in a market that heavily heavily favors sellers, and it's a nice market to operate in, as you mentioned, if you want to sell and buy another property because you know it's a little bit more of a comfortable situation than it would have been six months ago. This is Vancouver Consumer. We're talking to John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is uh, where he is on the web. JohnnySmartPoint.com. And uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, the the froth on the market, maybe going down a bit, that fear of missing out on behalf of buyers. Um, but we have also been talking about the uh, the number of properties that are for sale. And if, if more and more sellers are starting to think, well, maybe it's time to get in the market. Um, 
are you are you confident that we're going to see more inventory available for people to buy? And how important is that for the market? Because if you sell something, chances are you've got to buy something as well. And uh, inventory is so important. So are you confident that uh, inventory is going to sort of slowly crawl back into the market? Well, supply has been a big problem and you hear about it on the press and there's, you know, uh, the the provincial government's talking about maybe removing, you know, some municipal powers to get more supply built. And I would definitely agree that, uh, you know, supply is not the only problem, but it is a contributing, uh, a big contributing factor to the increase in prices of real estate in this area. And so supply has been a problem even going back to last year's market when there were people who we're willing, quite frankly, I talked to lots of people last year who said, you know, I'd, I'd kind of like to sell right now, but I'm going to hold tight because this market is pretty high pressure. And the last thing I want to do is sell my house and jump for joy with this great big high sale price on one day and then next week be crying because now I'm a buyer and I'm facing just as bad of a situation on the other side. So there was a bit of a kind of a log jam, I suppose you could say, where there was a willingness on on the part of some potential sellers to get in the market but they didn't want to be buyers in the market. So I think that with spring, to answer your question, yes, we're in April now. Um, the listings are starting to hit. And typically, spring is a good market for people. They've got the whole year in front of them, so to speak. There's good weather. Uh, you know, the acreage starts showing better. The flowers are blooming. And, uh, you know, the spring is a time when a lot of listings will hit. So, yes, I'm anticipating that the supply and demand ratios will, again, relax just a little bit more as the spring hits but we're still going to be in a pretty strong market. And if you're priced well as a seller and you're positioned properly and you have good representation, you've got an excellent chance of selling and getting a very good price. But now you've also got an excellent chance of finding the next home that you will be happy with. And if you're thinking about selling a property, uh, get a hold of John, John Carlson uh, at johnnysmartpoint.com, uh, 604-612-0080. Uh, he likes to, uh, he's, a, he's a realtor. He likes to answer the telephone, 604-612-0080. And info at johnnysmartpoint.com is the email address. And when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, what's going on in the lower mainland when it comes to real estate and also some tips for how you can, um, you know, better be prepared if you are selling a property. That's when Vancouver Consumer continues right after this. Welcome back. It's Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. I'm Martin Strong, and we're talking to our friend, John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com. You can give him a call 604-612-0080 or info at johnnysmartpoint.com, the email address, or just go to his website, johnnysmartpoint.com. That's J-O-H-N-N-Y, johnnysmartpoint.com. And uh, we're talking about the changing market. And uh, I, I sort of get the feeling we are coming out of this kind of strange COVID era with, you know, like an insane market that nobody expected, you know, bidding wars and everything. And uh, it's not like the market is, is, you know, rapidly slowing down, but it is, it is changing in subtle ways. And, and you've been around for a long time, you know, 20 something years, you've sold more than a thousand properties in the lower mainland. Um, how is what's going on now changing the way you do business? Wow. That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day and, oh, well, more than just the other day, this has been, you know, every day I'm thinking about real estate, but 
you know, we've talked about the changing environment out there. And I, you know, I, in my mind right now, I'm when there's change and there's a little bit of uncertainty because we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we can sense things are shifting a little bit. You know, I kind of think back to basics, you know, and, uh, and, and I think that, again, when I meet people, part of my job is to interpret and communicate to them, you know, what's going on on the ground right now in the real estate market, because I think in any, in any industry, in any business, in any, you know, hobby, whatever it might be, there tends to be a bit of a, uh, you know, a group think you can get, you know, kind of sucked into a certain kind of mentality and keep riding along with that. But if you don't, recognize that the landscape has maybe changed or the situation has changed, you might, you know, end up making some incorrect assumptions and you might, that might affect your strategy and that might, might affect the bottom line in terms of how successful you are. So right now, uh, you know, we're talking about some changes, but I, I, I think more than ever, my job is to help interpret and, and, you know, I come from a sports background. So, so oftentimes I think in, in sports analogies and, and when I think, you know, in real estate market right now, um, let's just say everybody knows this, that Saturday and Sunday, one to four, come and look at the place. We're going to do offers on Monday night. Well, right. you know, that, that did its thing for a while. And that was kind of an important thing in COVID to, to, to put all of the activity into a small area. And then, but is that, is that always the best route to go? Is that the best thing to do now? And, uh, you know, back to the sports analogies, it occurs to me sometimes I, you know, I watch, I don't know if you enjoy sports, but sometimes I'll watch racing like the Indy or the F1 or something like that. And, and it occurred to me the other day, you know, uh, you know, the rain came out and they changed their tires and they were talking about how the drivers changed their style. And it's, it's, it's still a competition, much like real estate is. If you're selling your home, you're competing for available buyers and the money that they have and, and for good results. Uh, you know, but in racing, they, you know, they change the way they operate when the environment changes or, you know, for all the hockey players and listeners out there, you know, if, if, if the Canucks are playing um, a playoff game, for instance, as opposed to a regular season, I can be hopeful here, but you know, if they're playing a playoff game, they may want to adjust their lineup. You know, maybe you want bigger, more rugged players for this particular game or in other games, maybe you want smaller, speedier players. Um, but the goal, the, 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 the whole idea is you don't just kind of you know, go along with what you've been doing the whole way. If things start to change, you want to make sure you've got your kind of finger on the pulse of what's happening. So my job is to help people understand what their segment is doing, uh, you know, how buyers are likely going to view their property and then come up with a strategy that includes pricing and timing and all that sort of thing. And then, you know, above all, once those offers do come, if you understand the landscape that you're in, your agent understands, you understand as a seller, you're probably going to be in a much better position to defend your price and communicate the value to a buyer because like in anything, uh, you know, you don't always get what you deserve. You get what you can justify and what you can depend, uh, what you can defend. So my job is to help people understand that market, recognize that it might not be what it was two or three months ago. We might want not want to do exactly what everybody was doing two or three months ago, but to do what makes sense today. So in a changing market, that's kind of a nutshell. I'm right back to basics, looking, starting at square one, understanding what a client wants, explaining the market to them to the best I can. And then uh, together, we usually come up with a strategy that produces good results. And I mentioned earlier that John, John Carlson has been in this business for 20 plus years. Um, and do you think somebody who, who maybe has only been it, been in it for a few years has only experienced sort of one style of market. And in the last couple of years, it's been a crazy market. And, um, how important is it to have, to have experience in every different kind of market? 
Well, I want to be careful because, you know, I've seen agents that are younger and newer with, you know, only a couple few years of experience and, they, and they've got a lot of life experience. and They do fantastic, you know, so everybody's different. And I, I don't want to uh, paint anybody as being lesser or anything like that, because, you know, we all bring you know, our own tools and experience levels to the table. But uh, there is something to be said for, you know, having experience in different situations, you know, in any profession. So. Um, I like to think that I offer that to people. And, and when I do meet them, um, again, I bring my entire catalog of experience with me. And typically, the most important experience that you bring is the recent experience, because that shows that you've been operating in a, you know, in the current market, and you know what's going on today. So again, today is very important. If you're selling today, doesn't matter what the market was doing last year, doesn't matter what your neighbor did last year, necessarily. What matters is, what's happening now and what's the best way to react and deal with that and be proactive so that you can get, you know, that best result. And again, experience, uh, that's one of the nice things about being an agent that's busy is, you know, I'm, I'm always busy and I'm, you know, coming across new situations all the time. So I like to give that experience to my clients as best I can. And since we're talking about the experience of John Carlson, johnnysmartpoint.com, uh, we should also mention that with that experience, uh, you are also a 2% realtor. You charge a 2% commission, which is uh, traditionally compared to the traditional model of commission is less and you can save a lot of money. And, uh, and that's why you call yourself Johnny smart point, because it's that smart point between value and experience and skill. Um, and, and, uh, commission, that's a very real thing, <laughs> you know, like that's cold, hard cash. Like if you go to johnnysmartpoint.com, the website, you can see a, a table of, you know, say a uh, house sells for $700,000 with a typical commission that many, many, uh, real estate agents charge uh, versus the 2% rate that Johnny smart point charges that would save you eight grand. That's, yeah. that's, and you know what, I want to be very careful, forgive me, sorry about that. I want to be very <laughs> careful okay. because, um, you know, I, I want to be careful about using the word typical commission structures can vary. There are no set commission rates in the real estate business. Right. Uh, and so I want to be careful there, there, there are all over the place, all kinds of different things you can consider. However, there are uh, very common commission structures and the, probably the, by far the most common commission structure you'll run out run up against out there is a 7% of the first hundred thousand dollars of the sale price plus two and a half or 3% of the balance of the sale price. So, um, you know, commissions are also negotiable. So I just want to be, you know, very careful with that. But in essence, I want to make it as easy as possible for people to work with me. Uh, and that means a value proposition that is attractive. And it is true that compared to the vast majority of the other real estate agents out in the areas I work in, my commission structure is more attractive and people can save money based on that. So, um, you know, when I think about commission, I always, I always remember that, you know, it's uh, Price is one thing, but value is not necessarily price. So you have, uh, on the one hand, uh, what you're offering to the client in terms of your experience level and the results that you produce. And on the other side, you know, what you charge for that. And my whole idea about the Johnny Smart Point and why it's a smart idea to talk to me and have me represent you when you're selling your home is that the value proposition is there. You don't sacrifice, um, uh, you know, experience or results or effort or, or, or work or marketing or any of these sorts of things compared to the most agents out there. 
Um, but you do usually get a little bit better commission rate. And to me, that means great value because I think what a seller wants is they want an honest agent who gives them good advice that translates into a good uh, sale with best possible price and terms on their sale. And they also want it to be stress-free stress -free and trouble-free. And they want to make sure they're protected during the whole process. And so when you put all those things together, you know, I think that I offer a pretty attractive package and that's the smart point idea. And when you think about it, for most people, real estate is, you know, something they talk about at parties, but when they actually sell something, it's quite rare. So I, I would guess that a lot of people, they don't think too much about uh, things like commission. They just assume that every real estate agent charges the same. And there are probably a lot of things that people don't understand. And uh, I think it's it's pretty important to have someone who is transparent and honest and can kind of just explain things. Yes. You know, um, they say, I've heard it said in our business that we, we get paid for our words. Uh, and I think that, you know, there's a lot of truth in that, although obviously there's more to it. Uh, and so when I meet people, I try to be helpful in terms of my communication and particularly when I'm negotiating on behalf of a home seller, for instance, I think there's an awful lot of value. I mean, regardless of commission, you might pay a realtor, a real estate agent, $20,000 commission, $30,000, who knows what it might be. But in the end, it's, it's oftentimes in that negotiation, the way that value can be conveyed to a potential buyer, um, the way that information can be conveyed, the way uh, that the seller's position can be conveyed in a skillful way, not in a, not in a way that's pushy, not in a way that's pressure, but in a way that will actually get through to that buyer and help them come to the conclusion that this property is worth buying and it's worth paying what the seller's asking. To me, that's really the crux of the value of a good agent and good representation. So again, all the stuff that goes into that experience and knowing the market and having some skill, but the communication part of this is is a huge part of the business, and uh, I think that an agent that can communicate effectively is an effective agent who's going to get good results for his or her clients. And the bottom line from what we've been talking about this afternoon is that it is still a very, very strong seller's market. And if people are, are interested uh, in selling something, selling a property, and maybe they're, you know, not ready to jump in right away, but they want to test the water, see what's out there, talk to somebody. Um, they say they go to johnnysmartpoint.com, they get a hold of you, give you a call 604-612-0080, or write you an email at info at johnnysmartpoint.com. Um, what do you tell them? Like, uh, I guess, I guess it's, it's not you telling them, but it's you listening to their situation and, and trying to help and find out what's right for them. That's right. I, I'll try to answer questions really. I mean, the first step is for people, if they're considering selling and they don't have an agent that they're committed to working with is to, you know, checking out their options. And, and oftentimes that means talking to more than one agent. And I think that's, that's wonderful. Uh, but people who come and, and call me, um, you know, I generally like to set up an appointment to see their property or, or just the other day I had an email and a call from a fellow who has an investment property. He says, Hey, I can't really get you in right now, but could you give me some information? I'm thinking of selling. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it now or later. And I can give some general information that way as well. But I generally, I definitely prefer to meet with people, find out what it is that they want to accomplish. And then again, through the lens of what I'm seeing every day, I am an open book. I offer them everything I can in terms of, uh, you know, anecdotal evidence, recent history of the market, you know, how many buyers have been in your segment. I do research in terms of if you're a condo in Langley, well, 
how many condos have sold versus how many are listed. And of those ones that have sold, I talked to the agents and asked them, how many offers did you get? Was it a multiple offer situation? Was it that? And, you know, all kinds of stuff that just goes into giving advice and nothing is ever perfect. I always understand that I'm not the one that decides what the market does. But when people call on me, I understand that I do have a responsibility to be as open and accurate as possible. And uh, and that's what I do. I just provide them the best possible advice I can. And sometimes, usually, they say, John, let's get to work on this. And then we get started. So first step is talking. And uh, we go from there. Well, thank you, John. Uh, thanks for talking to us. And have a, a great rest of the long weekend. Yeah, you too. And I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Martin. John Carlson. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. And you can send him an email at info at johnnysmartpoint.com, 604-612-0080, the number. And when we come back on Vancouver Consumer, are you eating a lot of chocolate this Easter weekend? If you are, you're not alone. Plus some facts you might not know about chocolate. That's coming up next when we come back with Vancouver Consumer. Well, it's a bittersweet Easter weekend if you love locally made chocolate. The famous Daniel Chocolates Robson Street location will be closing its doors this coming Friday when its lease ends. So this will be the last Easter weekend for that location. Daniel will still be making chocolate, but customers will just have to visit the factory store on 7th Avenue or find the stuff in stores that carry it. But still, that location on Robson Street has been a landmark in Vancouver since the early 1980s, Daniel Chocolates. The company calls that location the birthplace of their successful chocolate business. But when you hear what the rents are on Robson Street, it's not surprising why they had to give up the location. One recent listing had the price of space in that building on Robson at $271 a square foot. That would mean rent of just over 12000 bucks a month. That's a lot of chocolate to sell. But as I say, Daniel will continue with Daniel's Chocolates available at the factory store on 7th and at selected stores and online as well. Have you been eating your share of chocolates this Easter weekend? And when I say your share, statistically, that's a lot because the average Canadian eats four kilos of chocolate every year. A huge chunk of that is eaten on the Easter weekend. The only other time of the year where we eat more chocolate is around Halloween. And here's some facts about chocolate that you might not know. I just mentioned that the average Canadian eats four kilograms of chocolate every year. Well, we're amateurs compared to the Swiss. In Switzerland, they eat 11 kilos a year. Some other facts about chocolate. A survey shows that three out of four Canadians prefer to eat their chocolate bunnies starting with the ears. And come on, what kind of freak starts at the feet of the bunny? That's just wrong. Here's something. White chocolate is not actually chocolate. It's considered a confectionery made from cocoa butter. The purists say it's not chocolate because it does not contain cocoa solids. The first chocolate eggs appeared in Europe in the early 1800s, and the largest chocolate Easter egg in the world was 10.39 meters tall and weighed a whopping 7,200 kilos, as tall as a giraffe and as heavy as an elephant. So I did the math. At 7,200 kilos, that chocolate Easter egg would last the average Canadian 1,800 years. And somebody from Switzerland 
It would only last 654 years because they love their chocolate. This is Vancouver Consumer. I'm Martin Strong, along with our producer, Leo Coelho. Stick around. The news is coming up next. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.